0: Or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. I am so happy you're here and pressed play on this episode and on any episode from this feed. I want to remind you that if you enjoy this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd take a minute to leave a positive review on iTunes or to share the show with friends on your social media feed. Getting the word out about podcasts is sort of an uphill... Slog, honestly, so many people still don't know how to listen to or subscribe to a show, and I just think they're missing out. Podcasts have brought so much to my life in the past five years or so, but unlike blog posts or TV shows or whatever, podcasts and podcast episodes don't go viral very often. There are very few exceptions to a podcast just blowing up. So, if you as a podcast listener also take a lot from your favorite shows. Please make sure that you're sharing the episodes that you like, that you take a minute to rate and review, and all of that jazz. You guys know what to do. It truly does make a difference for creators like me. Okay, so on to today's prompt. Today's question to ponder with yourself, with a friend. Here's what I'm asking. Should you reread Or burn old journals? Now that's sort of an extreme way to phrase it. What I'm really asking is if you should revisit old journals or throw them in the trash. This is a real question. It also doesn't have to be journals, by the way. If you are not a huge journaler, this question applies to any kind of private memorabilia from the past love letters, certain photos that you hang on to, anything like that. So as I'm sharing about this, if you don't have a journal, don't have old journals, just think about that old shoebox in the closet or the attic that has a bunch of old stuff in it that at some point in your life meant something to you, enough so that you tucked it away. Anything that you didn't toss after you received it or after you wrote it. And also, just as a side note, if you haven't listened back to Episode 9 of this show, it's called 10 Ways to Journal, I highly recommend you go back and crank that one up. It has lots of ideas in the journaling realm. If you're curious about the very many ways that there are to journal that aren't like Dear Diary types of things, I am a huge journaling proponent. I think that writing things down does as much to connect your spiritual self with your brain, with your body, as anything else I've ever come across. There is some kind of tapped into synergy when you put hand to paper. I really, really believe this. And although this is digital and not exactly the same thing, I am also currently documenting our family's life during the Los Angeles stay-at-home orders. I know a lot of us are doing the stay-at-home thing right now. I'm doing that on Instagram, on my personal Instagram account, Tremaine. And although it's not what we're talking about here today, even documenting on social media daily for the last six weeks, it has brought about personal revelations for me. And it, it's also putting a timestamp on something that I otherwise would have forgotten the details of. So, okay, that is my soapbox about journaling and about documenting in general. Go back and listen to episode nine if you need more convincing. But let me tell you why this topic came up this week. It's two reasons, actually. The first was that a friend messaged me on Instagram a few weeks ago that she'd come across some old journals and she was wrestling with whether or not to keep them or throw them in the trash. And my knee-jerk reaction was just to be aghast. Like, I can't even believe this is a question. I mean, I guess depending on how much space you have or something, why on earth would you ever trash old journals? And so I responded like that to her. I just couldn't really imagine the argument for throwing them away. Immediately, I thought of all the reasons a person shouldn't throw away old journals. Those reasons include the fact that journals are really historical documents. And unless they are completely freehand, nonsensical types of morning pages, like a creative exercise instead of a traditional journal, then most people are documenting some kind of combination of events, like this happened, and then this happened, and this is happening, along with also journaling their feelings, both private feelings and general feelings, and those two things together, events and how you felt about them, that is the document of your life. And now, even though we have so many other ways to easily document our lives, social media, millions of digital photos, journals occupy a really different kind of space in documentation. There's most likely stuff in a journal that isn't written down, or shared anywhere else. This doesn't mean that you have to be the type of journaler that puts every single deep dark secret of your heart down on the page. Even if you're the most inconsistent, loose type of journal keeper, you are probably still writing down something that doesn't live anywhere else and that would likely be forgotten without those words. And so for yourself or for your ancestors, It is very special to have that record. Another philosophical reason that I would give to someone as an argument for keeping their journals is that it very clearly shows you your own growth pattern. It can be triumphant to go back and see how far you've come. And just out of curiosity to see how you felt about a situation or a person many years ago and then how you think about it now. This has actually happened to me. I've gone back and read journal entries where I was really clearly writing about some red flags in a situation, but at the time I wasn't seeing them as such. I was justifying these things or dismissing them. And hindsight is 2020, of course. It's just impossible to always see things when you're like in the thick of it. But I find it helpful and Reassuring, actually, when you can plainly see that some part of you was aware enough to document something. Even if you weren't calling it out as good or bad or otherwise, you wrote it down as part of your journaling, as part of your life. And when a future self goes back and reads it and can pick up a different thread of thought, now knowing what happened after it was written down, well, this is just a really remarkable thing. It might be beautiful, it might be devastating to read something after the fact, but it can be a real moment of growth. This happened to me one time a few years ago. I found some old letters in a drawer at my parents' house. And these were letters to me, so it wasn't a journal, it wasn't something I wrote. But it was someone that I had a long-time friendship with, and I was reading the words on the page that were sent to me I think sometime in college, maybe, and I was struck dumb, basically, by the message that was in that letter that I don't remember catching when I read it all those years ago. Like 20-something Laura sort of missed the forest for the trees a little bit, apparently. And I just never would have realized it at the time that this person had some real animosity towards me. Because when I received the letter, we were still in relationship, and I'm sure it was all clouded by our in-person interactions, our history together. But when I read it 15 years later, without any other distractions or anything, I could see a lot more obviously that there was some dysfunction there. It actually revealed to me a layer of our friendship that I had been blatantly blind to at the time. And reading it back... I felt a little sad, but mostly shocked. And also it was helpful to maybe change the narrative that I've had in my head about that relationship a little bit. So for that reason, I am glad I keep a box full of letters that I keep all my journals going all the way back to high school. I just have lots and lots and lots of my own words about myself. But theoretically, I think keeping and not tossing your journals is akin to keeping, like, medical records and legal documents and stuff like that. Not always, of course, but generally that is my opinion. So that's pretty much what I said to my friend who messaged me in the middle of her coronavirus self-isolation clean-out project when she'd come across all this old stuff. I basically shrieked at her through my phone screen not to throw any of that away. And then something else happened. Coincidentally on the timing, truly, I cracked open some of my own old journals last week. And, well, that was a mistake. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to BornShoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's Born B O R N Shoes S H O E S. .com and use promo code TELL TELL for 15% off and free shipping available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. You guys, I have been on a quest to find my signature scent and I have been using Scentbird to do it. I've tried scents from Anna Swee, Elizabeth and James, and Tom Ford, and not just tiny samples either, but a 30-day supply, definitely enough to figure out if I loved a scent or if it's something that I just wanna change up for an occasion. I actually have liked every single scent I've gotten from Scentbird, which isn't helping me land on a signature choice, but I do smell a lot nicer than I did before. Scentbird is a monthly luxury perfume and cologne subscription service with over 600 designer brands to choose from. You choose the brand that you want to try and they'll send you a 30-day supply in a travel-friendly refillable case. You can get 30% off your first month today. That's only $10 for your first fragrance that will last you 30 days. Go to Scentbird.com slash you and use my promo code you, Y-O-U, for 30% off your first month. That means your first perfume or cologne is just $10. Again, that's Scentbird, S-C-E-N-T-B-I-R-D.com slash you. To sign up and use my promo code U, YOU. Sign on, smell amazing. Now back to the show. So, I'm working on a few details and a little side elements of this book that I'm writing. We are deep into the editing stage now. Things are starting to kind of get finalized, and I'm getting to do some of these book related, detail y things that I've actually been looking forward to for months. And in my mind, this part was going to be kind of a treat. Like after I got through the bulk of content editing, I was going to get to add in these fun little elements. And part of that process was going through a bunch of my old journals and letters and pulling some memorable passages or lines or, you know, whatever I found interesting. Now, I have revisited my old journals before. It wasn't like this was the first time I've ever done this. I keep a huge stack of my journals and also a few boxes of just private memorabilia, like old letters and things, all of that is in a trunk at my house. And I have what I thought was a pretty passing familiarity with it. The journals especially. I mean, a person ends up spending months and months, if not years, with a certain journal. And so you end up having like a real relationship to the book itself. Like if it's hardcover or softcover, what color it is. I can tell you exactly what was going on in my life and where I was like emotionally and spiritually by looking at my journals, like the actual book of them. I can tell my mood that year based on what kind of journal I chose. But anyway, even though I have glanced through my journals in the past, it has definitely been several years since I have done that. If you've been following me at all in the last few years, you know that I've really gone through an enormous spiritual and emotional shift. For the good, by the way, I think it was a coming back to myself after a long season in the woods, but there have been some real fundamental changes in my belief systems, in my outward and inward practice of being in the world. You know, in the last few years, I've started therapy and meditation. I've had a real mind-body revelation that has cracked open my spirit I've changed political parties. My friendships have had an overhaul. I mean, it has been a big few years for me personally. And although I could tell you what types of things were in every single journal in the stack that I pulled out, I had not cracked them open since before my emotional growth spurt. So it had been at least five years. So one afternoon last week, I set aside a few hours and I pulled them out I'm kind of excited. I am not nervous. I start reading one of my journals. It's about 20 years old. I end up going through about three or four of these journals that I kept in my early 20s, and it was a lot. It was just a lot. I was really surprised by some of the things that I thought I remembered in a very specific way. And it turns out that what was on the page was a little bit different. Now, not radically different, but I was definitely seeing some things with new eyes. And while just a few moments ago I told you how good and healthy that is, I'm also here to tell you that it was hard and it was sad. And I felt so much compassion for 20-something Laura, but also some irritation And I suppose the emotion that I felt going back through all of my old words was predictable in a way, like a 40-year-old version of myself reading through the lens of my 20-something self. Obviously, it's going to bring up some heartache, but I think I was surprised that it really hit me so hard. I thought going into the project of pulling out journals would maybe be, I don't know, like amusing. I thought there would be so much distance there maybe from just time or therapy or perspective. And there was that. I didn't feel as connected to it as I did even a decade ago, but I was also surprised at how much it affected me. It did not really make me nostalgic. I did not find it funny. In fact, I asked Jeff to take care of dinner that night. I had to go lay down for a little bit. And when I lay down, I didn't like sob or anything. I did just put the covers over me. I asked myself what I was feeling. I checked in with my body to see where the pain and embarrassment and grief and joy, where all of that was showing up because it does show up. Those things show up in our body. And I just let myself feel all of that stuff. It was the opposite kind of, of what I thought was going to happen. And at first I was mad at myself because it seemed like it wasn't growth at all that I had sought out my journals and then that they still made me pretty emotional. I felt a little bit juvenile, to be honest, but I can forgive myself for that because that's not the point. It's not the point of me pulling out my old journals, and it's not the point of this episode. When I come back to the question, should you reread or burn your old journals, I remain staunchly in the reread camp. I really do. I think that you shouldn't be casual about it, like I was. I think when the world is crumbling and you're in the middle of a big work project and overnight you've become a homeschool mom, like I do not think that was the right time to bust out some post-college angst. But I do think that there's so much there in what I read that either reinforced or countered a narrative that I had about my life. And some of it is stuff that I've written about recently in the book. And those journals, they keep me honest. Like even if no one else ever reads them, those words written by me are there for me. They are a gift to me 20 years later. And they still will be in another 5 or 10 or 15 years. I really can't imagine getting to a place where they're irrelevant. Now, I will say that although I have lived through life's losses, I have gone through a lot of things that a person goes through in their life by the time they're to turn 40, I have not journaled through some of the most unimaginable stages of life. And I can see how there are things that people would never want to relive. That a journal served its purpose as being a container for the words that needed to spill out at the time, and that then those words can and should be let go of, or even burned symbolically, if that feels right. I have only one instance in my life when I purposefully destroyed a book of my own words. I'd lived in Los Angeles not quite a year, I think, and it was a shared journal, this one something that was written back and forth between two people. Like I wrote an entry, mailed it, they wrote an entry, mailed it back. And a time came when I really wanted to be rid of the ghosts that that journal was bringing to my life. It felt like it was alive in the room. It gave an energy to the space that I started to hate, and I thought I would feel better if I symbolically destroyed it. I didn't burn it, not really that girl, but I did ritualistically take it to the dumpster. I climbed on top of a big old rusty dumpster and I threw that thing away. And it felt to me like an ending when I needed an ending. There was no other tangible way to experience that ending besides throwing that book in the dumpster. And I have a very vivid memory of that moment. The symbolism... That day, it worked. But now, all these years later, do I sort of still wish I had that book? Yeah, kind of do. I think there was probably some interesting things in there, something that I think I could probably learn from, and now it's lost forever. But I can't ignore or regret what it meant to me at the time to throw it away like that. That really did mean something. And, you know, along with that, the trade-off was, I lost those words. So that's pretty much where I land on keeping, rereading, or burning your past in paper form. Keep it if it means something to you, even if it's taking up space. Toss it if it doesn't mean anything to you, because no matter what, it will never mean more to someone else than it means to you. So if you really and truly don't care, then nobody else will care. Burn it or trash it if it will free up some space in your spirit. If it will change the energy of your keepsake box, if you need to prove to yourself that you can, then get rid of it. If you're in doubt on any of those things, then you should keep it. You can always toss it later on another day in another year, but you can't unburn it, you know? I would love to hear your experience on this topic. If you keep everything, if you have a good story about burning or tossing, if you have regrets, if you're unsure, any of your journal stories, I do want to hear them. You could always email the show at hello at 10thingstotellyou.com or if you post on social media a story around this, please do tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You on Instagram and Facebook or if you want a limited audience, but a supportive one, I would love for you to join the 10 Things to Tell You Connection group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Now go share something or burn something. No, just kidding. Keep it. Keep it.